630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get the latest on the Eskimos on 630Ched.com. We are hoping we should have CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on the show tomorrow. He's been uh, busy since getting the job. Should have him on tomorrow night. Eskimos in Ottawa Friday, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 8. The Eskimos are 2-0. and The Red Blacks are 0-2-1. and uh, what they got the tie against Calgary. Lost another close game to Calgary and then lost by one to Toronto. If you heard Jason Moss on the coaches show last night with Morley Scott, he says, uh, it doesn't matter. You lost. It's true. Close doesn't matter. You weren't good enough on that day. And I believe Jason actually used the phrase, we got to go and kick the snot out of him. I'm all for that. You're a huge Eskimos fan, eh? It's like a pilgrimage for me in the summertime to come up to Commonwealth. How many games are you going to? Well, I'm going going Friday. Friday. I, I try to get to as many as I can until... WHL season starts. All so right. you basically got till the end of August, and sometimes I can get to Labor Day in Calgary, but you know that's enemy territory, obviously. Right, so that's tough. All right, that's Cam Moon. I'm Reed Wilkins. Cam is the play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels. Uh, we're going to connect with a member of the Rebels uh, right away. Kellen, do we need to double-check that? Uh... No, we're good? Okay, we'll get him in a... Okay, we'll get them in a couple minutes. That's okay. Uh, you can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Tell you what, speaking of uh, the Eskimos, we'll slide this in here because he's always uh, entertaining. Our Dave Campbell sat down with Odell Willis after practice today. I mean, yeah, but it ain't how you start. It's about how you finish. So, I mean, those two games don't mean nothing. If we come out these next 16 and uh, open the floodgates, then it's uh, Odell, what's happened to this defense? We Y'all started off good, now what happened? So we just got to continue to get better. And the only way we could do that is just staying consistent. We don't have to, you don't have to go out and do nothing extra, no extra films or nothing like that. Just stay consistent. Stay, Keep on doing what you was doing to get us here. And as long as everybody doing that, we'll continue to get better and, and go about it. I mean, as long as everybody doing their job, that's how you stay consistent. You don't have to just go out your way or do nothing extra you don't supposed to do. As long as everybody do their job, we'll be consistent. Does it feel more comfortable out there? And I would imagine year two under Mike Benavides, that might make the question easier to answer. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I mean, it's, it's like a it's like a it's like a date. It's like a relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. once you get to know the person and know what you're doing, I mean, the comfort, more comfortable you get to being around them and being being in the system. So, and really, that's just all it is. And like I said, it's for me. For me, it's back to doing what I doing when I first came in the league. I mean, for two years, I had a stint where I was, you know, playing everything, which it is what it was because I feel like I can do that. But, you know what I'm saying, it's back to, you know, the old ways and just getting my rhythm back. And that's really all it is. I'm not thinking about all the extra stuff I had to do in 14 and 15. Now it's just see quarterback, go get quarterback. See running back, go get running back. How much different is uh, the challenge facing Trevor Harris compared to 
Jonathan Jennings and uh, Darren Durant, the two quarterbacks you face in the first two games? Jennings, he's, he, he, he can move. He still he got wheels. So it's like once you beat your man, you still have to get him. Uh, Durant, he, you know, once you get to him, you got to bring him down. Mm-hmm. So And he's, he's really a pocket passer that can move. Trevor Harris is like your true pocket passer. I mean... I mean, I'm not saying this in a negative way. He's like a sitting duck because he, he trusts his old lineman, which, you know what I mean, what quarterback should. And like you said, if you don't get to him, he's going to sit in that pocket and pick you apart. I mean, he's done it plenty of times. I mean, he, he complete passes getting hit. I mean, he sits in that pocket. It's like he's not going to move. But the thing is, we just have to get to him. And if we don't get to him, I mean, he's going to have his way throwing it, all his receivers. And he has a pretty good group of receivers he can throw to. So you just got to get to a guy like him and make him uncomfortable, keep him off his spot. Because, I mean, if he's on his spot the whole time, it's going to be a long day for us. All right, Odell Willis getting ready for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Trevor Harris, the quarterback. Uh, Reed Wilkins, Cam Moon in studio on Inside Sports. C quarterback, Go get quarterback Odell Willis summing up his job. I like it. I hope Odell Willis goes and gets the quarterback a whole bunch on Friday. Uh, Trevor Harris is uh, interesting to me because uh, let's not forget, I mean, at one point Toronto had Trevor Harris and Zach Kalaros. Now, Ray appears to be rejuvenated with Tressman, and that's a totally different you know, animal yep. for, for Toronto now, although the fans still aren't going. But, you know, I, I thought Ray was going to retire. Talking yeah. to him at the end of last season. He came back. He's playing well. Toronto looks good. Um, Harris, like last season, I thought, okay, Harris, he's going to push Hank aside. He, he Now, there were injury issues mm-hmm. for both of them, but Hank outplayed him. Burris outplayed him. Yeah. Even at, well, whatever, what was he? I think he was 42. 42? Yeah. yeah. Well, and good for Henry Burris to do that. We'll see on Friday, I guess. I think the Eskimos are a better team. I, I, I so. think it's Edmonton, Calgary, and BC. I'm just I'm scared to death of an Ottawa team that hasn't won yet. Well, and they they beat the Eskimos three times last year. Sure did. Yeah. Hey, Ended I got their a, season. I got another little surprise here for you. Oh boy. He gets it back to the blue line. Sass. He'll shoot it. Safe. Get a rebound. Here's the blocky. Spawcheck comes into the Hurricane Inn, forced over to the right wing. Now to Musil. He shot. Rebound. Scores! Lanes the block. He gets the rebound. It's a power play goal. This game's tied at three. Well, guess who our next guest is from the Red Deer Rebels? Draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings, Lane Zablocki. Lane, I'm Reed Wilkins. Your play-by-play voice, Cam Moon, is here as well. How are you doing, Lane? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. Had you heard those goal calls before? Oh, yeah. I've heard them a couple times. (laughs) I think it's his ringtone. Uh, Lane, thanks for doing this. Uh, you know, obviously Cam uh, said, "Hey, we should we should get Lane on. He promised you'd be a good guest." So the, you come with some expectations here. Are you at Are you at uh, the Wings development camp right now, or what's going on? Uh, yeah, no, we just uh, just had our last day here today, and I'm flying out tomorrow morning. Oh, well, good. That's good. How's it gone so far? Uh, it's been unbelievable. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect coming in, but. Uh, you know, I've learned lots of things on and off the ice of, uh, you know, what it takes to be a pro and just the little things to, uh, you know, help develop your game on and off the ice and to make that jump. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great experience. 
How, to tell people what kind of a player you are, first of all, so we can kind of set uh, set a career path here. How would you describe yourself? Uh, um, I'm a physical uh, forward. You know, I like to get under people's skin. Uh, you know, I have a, a little bit of an off offensive upside to my game, which uh, I like to score goals and those kind of things. So, yeah, um, I, think that, I think the biggest thing about my game is, is my ability to be a pest and uh, get under some people's skin. Lane is is uh, underselled that a little. I, I think <laughs> Lane part? the the under the opposition skin part. Lane possesses <laughs> one of the quickest wits in the WHL and can verbally slice and dice as good or better than most right across the league. So if anybody gets into a war of words, they're going to come out second against this young man. <laughs> Lane, that has always been part of your game, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, ever since I've been able uh, to, I guess, since PV, since contact hockey, it's always been a part of my game, and it's just something that I love. So I have no problem doing it. Okay, where does that come from? Is is that just you? Did you have a parent, aunt, uncle, sibling that you had to keep up with verbally, or do you just naturally like annoying people? <laughs> where does it come from? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, I think it might just be natural. It's uh, just something that, uh, I don't know, I just feel is, is necessary. So, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. He loves it. He's giggling the whole time. Lane's also <laughs> underselling the fact that uh, he's incredibly smart and does very well in school. So you, you put that together and with the quick wit and the uh, ability and desire to get under one's skin. Now, hold on, though, Lane. How often do you have to fight in the dub? I mean, if you, if you run your mouth, sometimes you've got to stand up, right? How often do you fight? Yeah, um, you know, the first first year I think I had about five or six fights, and then this year I kind of toned it down and you know kept it to uh, three. So uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, with with these wits and uh, getting under people's skin, sometimes you have to back it up. But uh, you know, there's a time and place for that, and if it's the right time and place, you know, I'm not uh, not afraid to shy down from anything. How big a jump has it been from the WHL to this? prospect camp so you've got guys from from all over some minor pro guys guys from college guys from major junior how big a jump up is it oh it's 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 a lot bigger jump than uh you know most people would imagine uh everything you know just the little things have to be done that much quicker your decisions have to be that much quicker um yeah you get the puck you got to move it move it and and the speed of the game the physicality everything is, is a notch or two notches higher Lane Zablocki joining us on Inside Sports from the Red Deer Rebels, drafted 79th overall by Detroit. He's, uh, as he mentioned, he's just wrap, wrapping up the uh, Red Wings prospect camp and coming back to Wetaskiwin. Uh, you know, growing up uh, in in Wetaskiwin, obviously you're close enough to Edmonton and uh, obviously close enough to to Red Deer as well. When you when and you you were playing in Regina, right? And then you got traded to the Rebels. Was that? Uh, I know Regina had a great year, but was there a bit of a homecoming there too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, my uh, parents live in Regina now. They moved there uh, in August, so uh, it was a little, a little different. Uh, I'm in Regina. They get there. I leave Regina <laughs> and go back. But wow, uh, you know, it's it's tough. But uh, I'm, I'm lucky to have parents that uh, support me, and you know, they're happy because uh, it worked out best for me, and that's what they always want. So um, yeah, but other than that, uh, I have family in Lacombe and 
have friends who found me in Edmonton and with Tasquin and all around there. So I was very grateful. You know, I, they came on to a bunch of games and they got to see them and it, it was very good. Now for you, coming into your 19-year-old season, you know, what's the focus? Now that you've been to a development camp and you'll go to a training camp here in the fall and, and more than likely return to the Red Deer Rebels, uh, what's the focus for you for this season? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to change too much in my game. Um, I just need to work on the little parts of my game, like my overall strength, which I've been doing a lot about. Um, little things like puck battles on the board, in front of the net, um, I play with out the puck. And yeah, and I, I want to help the younger guys coming into the organization as well um, to make it a good culture and a winning culture. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Lane, we've had a text message come in from a listener during the interview, and I have to read it. It's from Coach Darren, who says, I had the privilege of being Lane's soccer coach in Wetaskiwin a few years ago. Great young man and a killer left-footed striker. Plays soccer like hockey, though. He ran a goalie in Millet to score a goal and sent the poor kid to the hospital. Congrats on being drafted, and best of luck in your continued hockey development. Davian says hi. So you obviously yeah. remember that and know who that's from. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Uh, you know, it was a little little soccer tournament in, in Millet we had there. And, <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely brings back some, some memories. Did the goal count? Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. I didn't get a penalty on the play either. So uh, it's a bonus. Minus, minus the, the goal center getting injured. Yeah, right. I never want that to happen. But, uh, yeah, no, it was... It was a crazy play, actually. I could only imagine you playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> what a mess that would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Lane, uh, just just tell, tell me, I mean, besides Coach Darren coaching you in soccer, uh, I mean, we're having a WHL-themed show, and it's so important to developing not just hockey players, but, but you know, people and a lot of people, a lot of guys who play in the dub become great professionals in, in other walks of life as well. But take us back to Wetaskiwin. Who are uh, some, uh, you know, a coach or a friend or, or a mentor that still stands out and you maybe want to say hi to? Uh, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of great coaches um, throughout my hockey career, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I can just pick one that stands out. Um, you know, they've all had a, a big part of my development through each year um, and having to put up with me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I am very grateful for that. And, yeah. All right. Well, Lane, thanks for making time for us tonight. Well, maybe we'll try to uh, connect again later in the summer or during the Rebels' uh, upcoming season. Congratulations again on being drafted, and thanks for coming on Inside Sports. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. That is Lane Zablocki checking in. He's, is he right wing? Yeah. Right wing? He's all over the place. He's all he's yep. annoying people. <laughs> I don't know. He's humble. You were you were very eager, Cam, to paint him with that brush. Oh he's, he, he's one he of the best. It. He's one of the best. Like his on ice banter is really, really good. Can you hear it? No. Sometimes I there just, must be some rinks where Well, you're close. I get the highlights. You get the <laughs> <laughs> after the game you get I get the stories. Yeah, I get the I get the highlights. Does he ever go at his teammates in practice or No, no. No, he no, saves no, it for no, the games. Yeah, he saves it. But, but, he, 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 but does, he backs it up. Like, he plays. Oh, yes, for but sure. not, not just fighting. He plays on the puck. Yeah. He gets inside. 
like the McClellan, you love the McClellan comment, comment gets inside the equipment. Yeah. He's willing to mix it up that no, way. Absolutely. Uh, plays a, a real tough game. He does have offensive upside. He will score goals. He'll go to the dirty areas. He also does extremely well in school. And uh, his high school marks were amazing. And when you're juggling a WHL season of 72 games and traveling all that, it's not real easy. But uh, Lane works real hard at that part of it, too. Well, and you know, he, he's, he's one to watch. 79th, third round. So he's right in that window where he's not a first-round pick where they're going to give you ever, every opportunity to make the right. team over and over again. He's not a sixth or seventh rounder where it's just like, yeah, come to camp or not. We don't care. I mean, I'm exaggerating, yeah. but you know what I mean. But he's right. What the, the group that he's drafted in, that's going to separate him. Are you gonna? Were you willing to have a few extra bruises on your back to get a puck out when you're yeah. killing a penalty? That's th- how he's gonna make the team, right? I think he's got a, a real good shot of being a pro because of his work ethic, his desire to play the game, the fact that he has some skill and uh, it shows that off, but plays a tough game too. So, and when the Rebels played against the Regina Pats a year ago, so not this just this past season, the season before, the year the Rebels hosted the Memorial Cup, played the Regina Pats in the second round, a series that went seven games. And Lane Zablocki, at that time a 17-year-old player, was a real pain to play against and was uh, a noticeable player at 17. And they they certainly had a lot of good young players on Mm -hmm. that Regina club, but uh, he made himself well known to to the Red Deer Rebels in that series, and that's part of what got him to Red Deer. All right, we got plenty more to talk about. No score in the All Star game, by the what? way. Uh, top of the fourth inning. Uh, we'll keep an update on that as we move along. It's seven twenty-two. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Adarius Bowman had his birthday yesterday, as did my producer, Dave Campbell. Reed Wilkins in studio with Cam Moon, play-by-play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. All right, so we played some of your uh, goal calls from the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you got an admirer out there mm. texting 630-630. From those audio clips, surprisingly good. Why isn't your guest calling NHL games? He obviously has the experience required. All right. That's very flattering. Thank there you. There are only much 30 for the text. radio play by play jobs in the NHL. It's very competitive. There are. There's only 30. And to be honest, and if you're not really somebody's guy south of the border, you're not getting an American job. They really have to go to bat for you mm-hmm. to get you, you know, over the border and all. Because there are plenty of qualified broadcasters in America. So that limits it even more so. Uh, so it's tough. It's it's uh, it's a very competitive industry, and I think uh, I might just be the Crash Davis of uh, of the radio broadcasts. Well, and uh, that's a fair question, and, and we should say you got a great job. I have a great you, you job, have, you have, and you I have, love you Red have, Deer. You, you love living in Red Deer, and I the do. Rebels are a great organization. So sometimes there's more to life. That's right. right. So I'm hitting doubles for the Durham Bulls. <laughs> You're hitting home runs. That's right. You're hitting home runs. Uh, you're a big baseball guy. We'll talk about that yes. when we get back. And you went, where did you go? Czech Republic a few years ago? I did, yeah. Well, you got to have some stories there. I do. I bet the food was incredible. Unbelievable. <laughs> you'll, you'll qualify that when we get back. I will. <laughs> He's Cam Moon. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
this is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. James texting in. He says, Reed, I'm over the moon with your in-studio guest tonight. Right on. You've, I bet you've never heard that before. I like it. Cam Moon joining me. He's the play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels going into his 20th season. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Joshua writes in, can you ask Cam if he's going to be catching any of the Alberta ball hockey provincials in Red Deer this weekend? There's going to be a lot of former dub and NHL players in the tournament. Former Rebel Alex Petrovic used to play on my team up until last season. That's from Joshua. Alex Petrovic, Maple Leaf Athletic Club. Well, yeah. Uh, that's good. Thanks for the heads up on that. I will. Uh, I wasn't sure how the weekend was going to go. I was going to watch some baseball for sure mm-hmm. uh, because I tend to get down to Great Chief Park in Red Deer and watch the either AAA Bantams, the Midgets, or the Senior AAA Riggers. But if there's some good ball hockey, I will. Uh, I will definitely catch some. No, you're uh, to get let people know a little bit about your life away from the rink and, and away from hockey because yeah. people we we do have other other interests when the job allows us, sure. <laughs> which, yeah. which which from September to April or May is yes. rarely ever at all. Non-existent. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you're, a huge, you're a huge baseball fan slash coach slash parent. Is that the, yeah, I, the titles? I guess. <laughs> I always, always loved baseball and uh, played baseball growing up in Northeast Edmonton. And you know, once my son was old enough, he just loved the game, and I coached him all the way up, and I've continued coaching in one capacity or another since he's moved on from minor baseball and then went on to play at a U.S. college, and uh, next fall is going to be in Lethbridge, and he's playing uh, senior AAA right now with the Red Deer Riggers. Uh, yeah, I, I love being around the game. I can watch it all day. Uh, that MLB package is like one of the greatest inventions ever. There's like fire, the wheel, and MLB TV. Those are the big Those three. Those are the big three. Those are the big I three. Can't top them. So I, I do. I enjoy the game. A couple of weeks ago, I went and saw the Dodgers uh, at Chavez Ravine, which I really appreciate too. I I just yeah I, I love it. So that that's how I've spent my summers for the most part over the last twelve years or so is uh, coaching baseball. What do you like most about coaching? Yeah, it's there's so many things. I I love being around the game because I love the game. And what I l- also love about the game is it doesn't have that intensity of hockey. You can have a lot more fun. You can have laughs and 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 that part's great. But what I really like is you have an opportunity to influence and develop and mold that not everybody gets. Like you've, you can have more of an impact on somebody's life, almost more than a parent in some ways, as a coach. And I, I work really hard and try my best to make sure everybody has a good experience and that they learn a little something. So the key to them learning a little something is me having really good assistant coaches, guys smarter than me, which aren't hard to find. So I get as many real smart baseball guys that I can surround myself with and let them take care of all the uh, technical aspects of it. And I uh, do the other stuff. And you're coaching high level, like you're coaching trip, like yeah. traveling teams? Sure, or, yes. Do they still use that term? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know what you mean, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. So if you but you must have started coaching like when they were little. parent pitch or whatever Just, it's yeah, called. Pretty like, much, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that that's a challenge. See, that's harder great, than the big kids. Eh? Yeah, baseball is a great game, but those early years, those are tough to get through. And parents, if you got youngsters in baseball, that it's at the real 
young levels, trust me, stick with it. It gets better. And then when you get through that that parent pitch and the t-ball, and once it turns into real baseball, it gets really good. Right. I guess that's a fair point because that's one of those uh, – baseball is one of those sports where, you know, they call it a game of failure. It is. Right? Uh, if you were a little kid new to the game – you're probably failing a lot more than usual. Yep. Either you can't. I mean, I'm not making fun, but I mean, nope, there would be a little, the the like. How many errors would there be in an inning if you scored the game honestly, right? Like, so yes. there's the huge learning curve, maybe huge. more than a lot of other sports. Huge learning curve, uh, and as a coach of younger kids of baseball, you really have to work hard to keep them engaged and engaged in the game, so they that they continue. Can be a lot of standing. There's around. a lot of standing around, especially when people aren't throwing strikes. But uh, you want to keep them engaged in the game, love the game, so that they continue to play the game. All right, so you've, you've done well there. Are you, and you're coaching this summer? Yeah, uh, zone four, the Alberta Zone Championships, which is the top 15 and 14-year-olds. It's going to be in St. Albert this year, August 18th to 20th. So you've got the eight zones in Alberta. For those hockey folks that know about the Alberta Cup, yep. it's basically the Alberta Cup of baseball. Okay. So what are we, 14, no, 13, 14-year-olds? Uh, it'll be 15 and 14-year-olds. 14 but and it's 15, the eight okay. zones of Alberta, and okay. everybody gets their team. And well, that's incredible. How do you have time to come up and do a radio show if you're coaching this team? That's incredible. Well, the Oh, I just missed practice. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you got good assistants. Yeah, so. They don't even know I'm gone. <laughs> Uh, Cam Moon joining us in studio. Okay, so uh, that's awesome. You got that passion for coaching and the passion for baseball. So we had Brent Kissio on the show earlier. He's going to be coaching Canada, uh, U18 team yeah. at the uh, Ivan Halinka Memorial Cup. So, and this is the tournament that's going to be in Edmonton uh, in the future in Rogers Place. I think starting yes. next year already. Yes, and this tournament, Canada sends their best. Right. Okay. This is this is a, before we get into your your stories about you going to the Czech Republic with yeah. the team in 2012. So sometimes in Canada we say, well, this is the real U18 tournament because the Double IHF one in April isn't because there are so many CHL players who can't play because they're in OHL, CHL, or pardon me, OHL, QMJHL, yeah. or WHL playoffs. So we like to say, no, no, no. This is the real tournament because we have a better team. But yeah, you have not. a but to that. Yeah, it, it 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 it's not the real one. It it's a good tournament, and it's great that Canada Canada can send their best to the Holinka because all those guys are available. So Canada sends a really good team, and more often than not, they win this thing. Okay. But the Americans don't send their best to the Holinka. They, they theirs is in April. Yeah, because they have a different model with the development, the the correct. national development team program. They have a group of players of that age that stay together the entire season and then play at the Worlds in April. They send their best, and over the last eight nine years, they've done incredibly well at the tournament. Canada's won it a few times in there. I, which says a lot about our program because mm -hmm. not all the top players are eligible or available in April because of CHL playoffs. But, I mean, the one in April, that's that's the real world championship. Everybody else is sending their best. And it's it's a great tournament. It's amazing. And I love to see even Canada missing players. It, and it says something about our depth of talent sure. that Canada's always right in the mix every year at this thing even without their best. But the Holinka is a, a wonderful tournament. They're going to be in Breklov in the Czech Republic and Bratislava in Slovakia, which 
it sounds like they're a long ways apart, but they're not. It's really only about a 40-minute drive. Okay. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's great experience for all these guys to go to the Halenka, and then they come back and, and you know go right to WHL camp or OHL or Q and go on with their season. But it, it's kind of the start, and, and Brent had talked about it, that you, know, you get a look at these 40 guys, but these 40 guys, you know, two years from now, a lot of these guys are going to make up the bulk of the world junior team. All right, so you got to go yeah. to the Czech Republic. What were you, the media relations <laughs> yeah. guy? Yeah, it, this was something. like so, Okay, so it's 2012. <laughs> Rebels don't make the playoffs. Okay. Jesse Wallen's the head coach of the Red Deer Rebels. Former Red Deer Rebel went on to an NHL career and absolute beauty. So Jesse's coaching the U18s, and they're like, well, we don't have a – the U8, Hockey Canada says we don't have a media guy. Because Hockey Canada, I know some guys were busy. Da, 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 da. And quite honestly, I don't think anybody wanted to do it. So Wally says, well, just ask Mooner. He'll do it. Mm-hmm. So they call me up, and they're like, hey. Um, and, but I was slated to do Shaw TV in the playoffs, but I talked to the guys from Shaw. They're like, no, hey, this is once in a lifetime. Go right. ahead. Knock yourself out. So they're like, okay, you're the media guy. All right. So what does that entail? Well, you're going to go to Toronto. You're going to have a training camp. There'll be media there, and you're going to take care of all of that, and then whatever there is over there. Is there anything over there? No, not really. <laughs> Honestly. There's nobody covering the tournament. No, there's no. Well, TSN eventually rolls in and, and does the final. Well, whoop-de-doo. Like, we just had phone interviews to set up for guys back home, their local stations, radio stations and stuff. Okay, yeah, there is that. And that all happened in Toronto. And once we went over there, oh, it never happened again. So the, all I did was Jesse would talk to the Canadian press broadcast news guy after every game. Yeah. That was it. So I made one phone call, I handed the phone to Wally, he handed it back, and that was about the extent. So then I became the babysitter. Okay. <laughs> so they got me on the floor with the players, which is a handful. Darnell Nurse was on that team, actually. Right. Yeah. And I just, after a while, because they kept coming to my room, Mooner, can you help me with this? And I was helping with homework. I did homework. Um, I helped with, um, oh, I took, I had all the, because they just let them have their cell phones and computers for like a certain amount of time a okay. day. So I was in charge of that. And I well, had that's to, a big job. You must have had to have a duffel bag. No, I had two beds in the room. One bed was full of electronics <laughs> and the other one I slept in. <laughs> It's unbelievable. It was a minefield of electronics. <laughs> I had to take them for this walk in the morning in, the, in some park. Um, the French guys were teaching me French. So that was fun. Anthony Mantha and William Kettier, those two were teaching me French, so that was kind of cool. I did help with a lot of different guys' homework. I probably didn't really help them a lot, but I did. Uh, I worked with them with some. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, it, like The guys were great. The players were great. And the, the experience, the tournament was wonderful, but I wasn't overly busy, to tell you the truth. Uh, we did have an event, though, where we called it the Catalina Wine Mixer. But it was, it was a thing where all the, the uh, staffs of the teams got together okay. at a winery. Well, no, first of all, were any of the media guys busy? From Not, any of the nations? Well, yeah, the Czech. The Czech, it was, guy, yeah, Czech guys were do real busy. Lo- okay. But yeah, right, nobody anyway. else was. So you have the wine mixer. So we had the wine mixer, and we got to meet all the staffs of the other teams. And I'll tell you, that was amazing. Because you got the the Finns and the Swedes and the Russians and the Czechs and the Slovaks and the Americans. 
and the Germans. And it was, it was wonderful. It was unbelievable. Uh, I also found out about driving in Czech Republic, which is a little bit different than driving here. Okay. We were in Prague for about three days, and then we moved to Brno. Brno is about, uh, I don't know, maybe two-hour drive. Uh, probably three hours from Canada, like if you're driving Canada style, two hours their style. <laughs> and Brno's like the second largest city. So I'm, they said, Mooner, you go ahead and make sure everything is like, you're going to go with our liaison, who was a Czech Republic guy that could speak English really well. Go with him and just make sure everything's cool at the hotel. All right, sure. So I get in the car with him, super guy, like unbelievable guy. But he's driving and I'm like, wow, um, I'm getting a little uncomfortable because we're going about 170. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, dead set, looking straight ahead, hands at 10 and 2. And he's like, this is how we drive. I was like, wow, <laughs> buck 60 the entire way. And everybody was doing that? Or was he faster than some? Uh, no, it was like, of the cars, I would say that was pretty standard. I'd say the trucks were doing about 130, like the bigger trucks. So was it one of those roads without a speed limit or just an unenforced speed limit? I don't know. You're I didn't sure. speak the language. I had no idea well, what's going on. I thought maybe there'd be on. the odd sign on the side of the road. It might have been. I don't know. We're in a Skoda. <laughs> Skoda. Uh, okay, so you're in the Czech Republic. Now, I jokingly said uh, something about the food before the 7.30 yeah. news because Rob Brown played in the World Juniors in the Soviet Union, yeah. and he said they anticipated that the food wouldn't be very good, so they packed, like, hockey bags full of, like, North American snacks, yep. whether it's cheesies and stuff, and he said he was glad they did, because he said most of the food he tried, he didn't find overly appetizing. What was your food experience in the in Czech Republic? It was amazing. Really? But I, I'm sure the Czech Republic of 30 years ago, when it was communist rule, Might was probably different. significantly okay. different, but in today's day and age, you, you go over there now, you would never know it was ever a communist country, and I... I asked our liaison about that, and he said, yeah, it was unbelievably different back then. But uh, since it's, it's, it's really not a lot different than, than being here, but we had a lot of traditional Czech dishes. Very good. They're very proud of their beer. They got a ton of breweries, do a great job. Their beer is wonderful. And they also have a ton of wineries. In the area that we were around Brno is the most, uh, the driest area of the country. The wine was amazing. Everything's dirt cheap. I totally understand why NHL guys from the Czech Republic, when they retire, they zip right back there. <laughs> why wouldn't you? You live like a king for the rest of your life. Right. Housing cheap, food, really? everything, booze. The only thing that was like kind of expensive was uh, like gasoline. What's the, well, is there an equivalent? Like, okay, well, 24 beer was about $6 Canadian. <laughs> How's that? Am I painting a picture for you? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It can't be legal. Yeah, I know. That sounds dangerous. You're telling me, and you can buy it at like the, their equivalent to a Walmart. Oh, it's like the states where they, yeah. they, see, they it was everywhere. They're giving it away. They're giving. I couldn't afford not to. I was losing money if I didn't buy it. It's seven forty-eight. Inside Sports on six thirty. Chad, we're having fun with Red Deer Rebels play-by-play voice Cam Moon. We're coming right back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Well, this has been a fun one tonight. We had Eric Greiba on the show. We've had a lot of WHL content and stories. 
with Cam Moon leading the way from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit them at actionfurnace.ca. 7.52. Cam, thanks again for uh, for coming up. This was incredible. I mean, you and I have done several uh, radio hits over the last yeah. few seasons. Anytime. Finally met in person at an Oilers game. That's right. This yeah, past yeah. year. Uh, you called your 1500th uh, Rebel game. Not that anybody's counting. Well, you're not. Somebody, Somebody told was. you. Yeah. Somebody's counting because I think you were surprised. Yeah, they <laughs> snuck that one on me a couple <laughs> days before. Uh, I, I mean, it's uh, junior hockey's interesting because, uh, I mean, sports in general can be very transient with how long players yeah. and coaches stay around, but especially junior hockey. Like if you play four years with a junior team, that's lots. That's tons. So uh, probably a lot of people identify you with the Rebels as much as anybody else. Yeah, I the guess. The Sutters, I guess. Yeah, and given Brent, for sure. Brent, for sure, yeah. Coached it for a real long time, owned it for since 99. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's a great league. WHL is a wonderful league. It's it's fun to follow. It's fun to be around. Uh, I loved it very much as a player. Loved it very much here as a broadcaster. It's just, it's a great league to be a part of. Uh, we'll exclude Red Deer from mm-hmm. this question because okay. you're obviously going to pick your home rink. For sure. Best place to call a game. <sighs> Old Medicine Hat was probably number one, but they got a new rink now. It's not what, quite as good. couple of years or just yeah, last Yeah, last two years. Last two years. Bob Ridge, Ridley. Ridge, yeah, Rids. I love Rids. <laughs> He's there since 1970. Yeah. I, I had him on, uh, what was it? I had him on after the Oil Kings beat them in that play-in game. Oh, yeah. Was that yeah, last yeah. spring? Yeah, that was uh, not last season, but the season the before. The season before, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't drive the bus no. as much or not at all? Pretty much not at all now. But he was the main bus driver and play-by-play guy. Yeah. Incredible. Still play-by-play. You all know, right. So Prince uh, Albert. Maybe Prince Albert. I don't know. There's a bunch of Are you of closer lights. to the ice in some yep, of the older that's buildings? Why, Must yeah. be. Okay. Brandon, what do you, you think of Roger's place? Yeah. It's you're it's far, a, for you're far away from a play by play. It's great guy. for the fans. Yeah. It's not good for us guys. Okay. No, it's a ten dollar cap ride to the ice. <laughs> like, seriously. That's a long way. Well, you're eight stories above the ice. Yeah, that's it. Uh it's a rumor. The game's a rumor from where I am. Uh rowdiest fans in the dub. And again, we'll exclude Red Deer. Um, rowdiest. Yeah, it was Medicine Hat in the old rink for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Medicine Hat. The old rink was just amazing atmosphere. It's kind of lost a little bit with the new rink, but the new rink is is very nice. Um, Seattle gets going pretty good. Yeah, I like uh, I like the vibe in Where Seattle. Where are they now? They're in Kent. Because they haven't been in Key for a long time. No, no, no. Or whatever it's called. So they moved to Kent, which mm-hmm. is just south of town. It's kind of by the airport, really. Right. Um, in the greater Seattle area. Well, on Tuesday nights, they have like 250 beers or something. We've been there on a Tuesday night the last couple times. It's like the Czech times. Republic. Yeah. By the third period, it's saucy. <laughs> it is unbelievable. There's a whole pile of people at the game that are, may or may not be watching that are they're starting off their Tuesday night with a bang, and it's like, it's an unreal, by the third period, it's just a mess. Cam, uh, thanks so much for coming in. We'll talk again, obviously, and uh, you'll give us WHL and Revville updates during the hockey season, which is still two or three months away, but that's okay. We'll have uh, plenty more on the Eskimos tomorrow. They host Ottawa on Friday. Our broadcast on 6.30, Chad. Countdown to kickoff at 6. The game starts at 8. Blake Dermott will be back after getting injured in that motorbike accident a couple of weeks ago. 
Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Besides Cam Moon, you heard from Cal Foot, Lane Zablocki, both recently drafted of the WHL. Brent Kissio, coach of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and Oilers defenseman Eric Griva. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Thanks for listening to Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.